Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a podcast by Driver Reach in partnership with Freightwaves. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder of Driver Reach, a modern software solution at the intersection of recruiting and compliance. With over 20 years in the trucking industry, both on the carrier side as well as the vendor side, I bring a wealth of expertise around all things recruiting, retention, and compliance. And on this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insight to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges from recruitment and retention to the realm of compliance. Your positive feedback keeps us motivated, so don't forget to rate your view taking the high road on your preferred platform. This week, I'm excited to be joined by an industry friend and leader in recruiting who was an early adopter of internet and social recruiting long before it became the standard. Jason Kroll, Director of Recruitment at Custom Commodities Transport. So glad to have you on the show, Jason. Great to be here, Jeremy. Thank you so much. Yeah, we've, we've known each other quite some time. and It's great to be here. I can't believe that I'm a podcast guest, but <laughs> I, I'll do what you need me to do here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, you've got a rich background in recruiting, onboarding, training, and retention. Uh, I'd love to talk about your earliest days, You know what attracted you to the trucking industry and, and how your innovative approach to driver recruitment has led to the success you've had in your career. And uh, I also know that you're very passionate about how important truck drivers are. And, and on the heels of National Truck Driver Appreciation Week, especially, I'd like to unpack a recent thought-provoking LinkedIn article you wrote. And <laughs> full, full disclosure to the audience, Jason's also a driver reach customer, so perhaps you can share how you're leveraging the platform uh, to achieve success. And then lastly, we'll answer a question from a listener during our Deeper Dive segment. Think we can get all that done today? Sounds great, absolutely. Now, before we dive in, uh, I am curious if you have any book recommendations for the uh, for the audience. Anything recent you read that maybe was impactful to you? Yeah, well, I always have a book going in the background. It's usually listening, not with a you know having a physical book. But I just finished one last night, "The In Between" by Hadley Vlahas. She it's a book about a n- nurse. She's a hospice nurse caring for patients in the end of days. And she tells stories of what the patients went through and some very interesting things, not a religious perspective and not an atheistic perspective, but an eternal perspective anyway of what people go through. And every day this is happening. Really interesting read and I recommend it. Yeah, thank you for that. I think some it sounds like a very perspective orienting type of book in prioritization, even if it's, you know, towards the end, it's... Uh, yeah, intriguing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yes, sir. If uh, if we could start at the beginning, you know, what was your background prior to getting into the trucking industry? Sure. Well, I had been uh, uh, trying to be a rock star for years. I actually moving to the big cities, New York City, and all that stuff, and ended up with a skill of gardening. I had been gardening even at the World Trade Center before the big, you know, nine eleven happened, and uh, 
when I settled down and, and decided to do what I'm going to do, I had to cut my hair and get a real job. And the first thing that came along was a, a third party recruiting agency. And I started out in Mac manufacturing recruiting and happened to love what I was doing, helping people with their, the, you know, how they support their families and whatnot. And starting out in third party recruiting really gave me a, a, a scrappy background. And it was the, you know, the entry level jobs at the packaging firm, really interesting way to get going with it. But I soon three years into it, determined that corporate recruiting was a better move for me because I lived with the people I hired. Third party, you kind of say goodbye after you hire and, you know, you move on to your next thing. Working at a corporation, you're allowed to work with the guy you hired last week. And that's the really the side of the business I like a lot better is uh, the relationships that we develop with the people that we've helped. And it starts with that first interaction, right? It starts with that first interaction that you have and on the recruiting side. And as you uh, work with them through the process and they become part of the team, then it's that still that camaraderie that you built, you can, you can maintain. You can't do that, as you said, in the third party sort of environment. So uh, what was it that led you to the trucking industry then? And, and how do you feel that that background may have you know, helped you right away? So I needed a way to move to Colorado back in maybe 16 years ago or something. I needed a way to get to Colorado. And at that point, and, you know, periodically over the years, the oil field had been sucking drivers out of the regular CDL market. And that was happening in 2007, right, when I was needing to come to Colorado. And so the oil field in Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, North Dakota was just about to boom, boom, boom. And I got in on the beginning of that. Not only were drivers needed in the oil field, but then because everybody left to go find their fortune in North Dakota, there was a need everywhere. So Western Colorado is where I hung my hat and we started recruiting pretty darn quickly for the oil field. And I did that for a good 10 years in oil field trucking uh, in different markets down in Texas, up in North Dakota, all across the country. And oil field trucking is really where I got my start. Well, now you're the director of recruiting for Custom Commodities Transport. Uh, and and I know there's another role that you have, right? You Your dream job, really. Did you share a little bit about about that? Getting personal here. Yeah, the greatest <laughs> job on the planet. I am the grandpa. I have seven grandbabies, but believe it or not, I live with two of them. Mom and dad live in the same home. All three of us work from home and the two are homeschooled. So this is quite, quite a place. <laughs> I'm having the time of my life, Jeremy. I can imagine. And I know, uh, I think that's the reward for having children, right? is uh, is having grandchildren. I hear that all yes. the time. Now, I'm yes. in no rush. My kids are are still pretty young, so I'm in no rush. I'm enjoying these these days. But uh but that's exciting and I know that that's a big deal and and uh, so I wanted to share that with the with the audience. Uh, you. Could you also share a little about custom commodities transport, you know, kind of maybe where you're located, what do you haul, that sort of thing? Sure. Custom commodities transport is a mid-size tanker company. We haul uh commodities Three quarters of what we're doing is dry bulk pneumatic tank. And a lot of the product for those uh, tankers originate in the Gulf Coast. So we have terminals uh, scattered throughout the southeast primarily, like 
East Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, down in those directions are where we a lot of our freight originates. We do do a liquid tank with chemicals as well, but most of the freight is kind of originating down there and then going across the country. So it's bulk uh, freight. We hire professional truck drivers. We're not one of those um, hiring entry-level folks or anything like that. It's really the seasoned veteran that comes here and finds a niche market. Well, I know uh, we were talking earlier about the uh, driver shortage and, and you know, I, I was recently hosted on uh, Freight Waves Now with Bill Priestley to discuss the topic of the driver shortage, you know, whether there really is one or not, you know, and kind of sort of a, having a debate. And I know you've got some thoughts on this topic as well, and you prefer to call it a supply and demand crisis. Uh, can you explain the, the distinction and why you believe this terminology is more accurate? Well, I think we have to agree. If you're looking at the real stats in real America, there's not a shortage. There's enough truck drivers if we look at the math. But I think the culture that we've created in these last 10, 15 years, and I say we, we because trucking companies were part of it, drivers were part of it, uh, maybe ad agencies were part of it, and vendors were part of it. We created a, a, a market and an employment experience that incorporated turnover into it. It wasn't the right thing to do, but that's what we live with right now, where we have a transient workforce that goes from job to job, and it's natural for the driver, it's natural for the company, it's natural for a vendor who wants to sell something to the drive, to the company. And so we built it in like a cost of doing business turnover. And that that is a problem, obviously. It's not where anybody wants to be. And that's where my work is right now in changing the image of the American truck driver and changing the employment experience for the profession, really. Well, I know there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. And uh, you're right. Uh, purely by numbers, there is, there are enough drivers. I wonder how many of them that are actual quote unquote CDL holders are, are actually working in a CDL capacity. I think that's, a, that's a, a thing. And, uh, and I think, and, and I have a lot of, um, uh, thoughts around the importance of reducing the minimum age. And that's a, maybe a whole, there's a whole nother conversation I think we can have. But at the end of the day, when I think you have a systemic issue, when you have uh, the average age of a new entrant in the industry in their mid, mid to late thirties, when the minimum age is 21, I think that's just a systemic problem. But that all being said, you're a hundred percent spot on that, that we have, we have we have created and then embraced this very transient uh, aspect of of the driver, you know, lifestyle, life cycle. They're constantly there's turnover is just part of the equation. It's unfortunate. I think we've we've built that monster, and I think it takes a lot more than just me and you <laughs> to try to to try to uh, fix that. Now, if if we can, let's switch gears to technology a little bit. Uh, in your view. What role? As I said at the top, you uh, have always embraced technology. You've been uh, a, a thought leader, you know, in an area before it was really a thing. And uh, I am curious in your view, what role can technology innovation play in shaping the, the future of the industry, particularly in terms of talent acquisition and retention? Sure. Well, all the way through my career, it's been interesting. I love what I do, but all the way through from the beginning, I've uh, sort of been at the forefront. 
I feel like in any case, I was a recruiter before we all had computers on our desk, you know, even before there was a computer. And then when the internet came along, remember that monster.com Super Bowl ad? I was there for that. And we started using the World Wide Web to recruit. And then smartphones came along and then video on the fly and social media came along. And all that, all those steps, I was luckily in the seat already and kind of in the pioneer spot to be able to do these things. Anybody my age, I'm 55 years old, and people that are my age that have been in the industry doing this job all these years were part of that same kind of revolution. Uh, Dr. John Sullivan called it the golden age of recruiting. And it's a golden age for recruiters because of those technology tools, but it's also a golden age for the candidates who are using similar tools. You know, they can look at a review for us. They can do online research and find out an awful lot about where they're going to apply for a job than they could before these tools were in place. So I feel like the technology has uh, got us into having candidates, having prospects, and even having a general public better educated about what a company does and even perhaps some of what the brand of that company is. And you got a flavor for what the company is before you even interact with them. And that's sort of where I live. Well, you made a great point about the fact that it's not just for the recruiter, but also uh, the technology and the, the the evolution or revolution, as you said, uh, ha- has uh, also impacts the the driver, the the candidate. And uh, you've been using driver reach uh, for at least a couple of years. Uh, would you mind maybe sharing with the audience how you're leveraging the platform to achieve success and and perhaps share what other solutions you may also be using for recruiting and and retention purposes? Sure. So I had come into the trucking industry originally without an applicant tracking system, an ATS. I didn't use any at all. And we kind of, because of the FMCSA mandates, needed to have certain things build out and build at home and, you know, homegrown systems. Like there may be mid-sized trucking companies that still do, there certainly are, that still do that. And that's where I came from. So I saw one being built at one point. And then I, I did get another job. I've had like two or three jobs in trucking over these 12 years, 13 years that I've been in the industry. And the the next job I got, we had an ATS and the ATS was, you know, phenomenal. It's what a, a, a recruiter needs. If you have a certain number of applicants, of course, you're going to need a, a way to organize them and a way to walk them through the legislated uh, system, the way, the way things need to go for per the DOT guidelines and whatnot. So I had a great ATS that worked and everything. And, uh, when I switched jobs, I looked at driver reach. It's been almost three years now that we've looked at driver reach and some different features that your applicant tracking system has in, um, in tandem with some safety systems, some filing systems, some, it makes it pretty easy to do some of the tasks that human resources might need to do or the safety department might need to do kind of all in one place. And it's, it's been a solution for us and we leverage it. Well, we leverage it in various, many, many ways. It's a broad, robust system. So the way I use it is to communicate because I, that's my job is communication. So we are able to talk to people who didn't apply for a job last week. They applied maybe four years ago, but are still wanting to understand what we're doing, where we are. And so we are able to speak to people who are 
kind of interested, people who are only interested in this one or two specific things, and we can speak to them about that. We can talk to the people who are in process of looking for a job and evaluating different employers. And we can talk to people who today are looking for a job right now. And we can talk to the people who already work here. And that's not a manual process when you have a tool like Driver Reach. I can communicate with all those groups of candidates and employees uh, through the systems that are set up through driver reach. So I appreciate the technology and definitely use it. I, I think I could use it even more fully. There's so much in there, you know, that I have to learn more about it to use it to its fullest. But yeah, we do certainly uh, use a lot of the different features that are uh, that come from driver reach for sure. Yeah, the CRM functionality kind of that you're talking about the I think that's important, right? And, and this is not a plug uh, on driver reach as much as it's Kind of what we were talking about earlier, engaging with drivers, the candidates, they have, they have, you know, phones, right? So communicating with them via text is something that's really important. Communicating them with, via email, obviously still being able to make phone calls. It's touching uh, the people, but leveraging technology to, to improve that, that engagement. And I think that's a, it's a good segue to the next, you know, question or, you know, maybe point that I want to make is that e even with the best technology at your fingertips, this is and always will be a people business. You know, it, it's critical that we maintain or, or improve the human interaction and experience whenever possible. And if you could, you know, maybe share, how, how do you define a successful recruiter in today's trucking industry? And how has maybe that role evolved to become more relational rather than transactional? Sure. Thank you. The, the way I talk about the recruiter function is it's about uh, relationship. It's about talking to people. If you like to uh, talk to people about their lives, about what they want to do, about their aspirations, about their hardships, about their life, then you could be a recruiter because there's a whole bunch of little functions, but you know, psychologists sometimes, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, a helper, basically, there's a whole bunch of little things that a recruiter does that fall into the, the realm of relationship. We're forming relationships with, with folks to determine what their best next move is. And sometimes that is to get a job with me. Yes. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's to go do something else or to go get some experience. But oftentimes it's, uh, a, a recruiter is here to help a candidate with decisions that they're making. And it's providing a whole bunch of information to allow a family, perhaps a spouse sometimes is involved to evaluate, you know, an opportunity or uh, a decision tree, like a fork in the road. Do I want to do that? Or how do I want my life to look? Do I want my schedule to be like that? A recruiter is the one who kind of guides a process through for a job seeker. And, you know, of course, sometimes that's a getting the win, getting the hire and everything. Sometimes they equate recruiting with sales. And, you know, it's, there, there's some of that that lines up, but oftentimes it doesn't because you're just not going to sell more hot dogs and, you know, you're not going to hire more drivers and it's a big success. That's not how it goes necessarily. Uh, really, the goal of a recruiter is to have a workforce not to just keep hiring people, but to have a sustainable, productive, engaged workforce. And, you know, we even called the uh, employee retention 
to be like, if it's sales, if, if recruiting is sales, then that's our recurring revenue. Retention is the recruiter's recurring revenue model. You know what I mean? And certainly uh, it does contribute to company revenue. If you're holding on to good employees, it, it not only contributes to revenue, but of course, profitability in the end. If you're not turning people over and having to hire new ones and having empty trucks sit in the meantime and having to advertise, you're contributing to revenue generation and the bottom line for sure. Yeah, and improve safety and compliance, which also kind of to your point, uh, contributes uh, to the bottom line. Now, you wrote a, a great article on LinkedIn recently uh, about Driver Appreciation Week, and uh, I'd like to unpack that if possible. You touched on uh, sign-on bonuses. You referenced the importance of engaging with your drivers and providing a feedback channel for them. And you also mentioned how some companies are are not very thoughtful with how they show appreciation, especially during uh, National Truck Driver Appreciation Week. And I think it's a good opportunity uh, to probably a good segue into our deeper dive uh, question. And uh, the question is, can you provide any best practices for Truck Driver Appreciation Week uh, to make it special for our drivers? Sure. The, the way that I approach it, and uh, that I'm glad that the United States sets aside a week that we appreciate these guys. But the way I approach it is that appreciation is, you know, 24-7 the cool part about appreciation is that it's free. We can appreciate without spending and we can appreciate without being someone's boss. We can appreciate peers. We can appreciate, uh, you know, executives. We can appreciate no matter what. So appreciation is just a human need. And when we serve that human need, then people are more fulfilled, I guess, in their job. So driver appreciation week, appreciation week gives us the opportunity to kind of shout that from the mountaintops to do some extras. And uh, the article that I talked about had an example, and it's a major organization where I heard uh, a candidate lament the fact that during driver appreciation week one year, they were serving snow cones at, back at the terminal while he was four states away doing his job. And that there was a, certainly a disconnect between what was intended by the HR person who ordered the snow cone truck to come to the terminal and the actual drivers who were out doing their work. And he felt a little disrespected from, you know, them not thinking about what a driver really is and what a driver's doing and perhaps how he receives true appreciation and respect. I think those two kind of go hand in hand. So during this week, we work at uh, expressing the appreciation and respect in different ways. Of course, you can give them a little trinket with your uh, logo on it. We're doing that. You can have a little barbecue. We're doing that. But really, it's about uh, personal touch and, as always, relationship. I worked for waste management, hiring truck drivers on the Western Slope of Colorado. This was 16 years ago. And we had a woman who was the director of operations over all these guys, these gruff and tumble trash truck drivers in the mountains of Colorado in, in September. And she would write a personal note to one person each week. And when you got a Mary Kay note, it was a pretty big deal. You would see it in people's trucks, hanging up or in their office, hanging up. And I learned that and made it part of my tool belt, the handwritten note. 
And so what I've done with this company and what we do here is order blank cards. They got a logo on the front, so there's, they know where it's coming from, but the inside does not express anything except what the manager wants to say to their employee. And the manager can say anything, but it's meant to be for the individual it, because praise, appreciation, respect, those are things that are intended for a person. And then they're needed to be uh, tailored, you know, to that you, to the end user there to be sure it's more, but that it's plausible, that it's credible. Instead of just thank you for everything you do, we can do something very, very specific. And that run that you do on Tuesday nights at 930, we know that your dad ha or your kid has a softball game and your dad can't get over there to it. And, you know, we know the little, we can all write that in a personal note. And that's how I feel that appreciation can be expressed really well. It's the personal piece from the manager to the employee. Personal, uh, intentional, thoughtful, you know, specific. I think that's, that's a really, really good point because it, that, that took time, that took thought, that took genuine, you know, concern and, uh, and appreciation. So, uh, excellent suggestion. And that's, other than taking time, that's, uh, that's pretty, it, that's easy to do. That's not expensive cost-wise. It just right. takes time. Um, right. and, and I think, uh, excellent, excellent point. And, and Jason, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your heart, your passion and our relationship and, uh, and your dedication to this industry. Thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the High Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. And remember, you could submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the High Road on whatever platform you use to listen. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.